0: Protecting your assets for the next generation, you're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Peter Watts. The recent palpitations in the financial markets and the threat of an international trade war featuring China and the United States is a reminder to all of us of the need for good, solid advice on our portfolios and good strategic planning to safeguard our assets. We'll talk about that on the program today in the context of a new series of guidelines being developed by the Ontario Securities Commission to help investors of all ages, but particularly seniors, ensure that they are getting the right kinds of advice and guidance from their advisors. We'll also provide a perspective from realtors on the ongoing debate in British Columbia about how out-of-province owners of BC residential and recreational properties are being treated. And because we are well into tax season, we'll share the lament over inadequate tax planning in 2017 and remind you that it is never too late to do better. But first, Katie Wamsley is head of the Portfolio Managers Association of Canada. Lindsay Logan is a consultant who worked on the development of new guidelines on investing for seniors. They're here today to speak to the new Ontario Securities Commission guidelines.
1: I can maybe start with a few comments and then pass it over to Lindsay that can talk in more specifics. But I, I think part of the, the, the recommendations is, and, and this is a standard uh, practice in the industry, is knowing, knowing your client and knowing their risk tolerance, their uh, financial objectives, and keeping those up to date at all times and those objectives the risk tolerance and, and how that translates into a you know appropriate asset mix and financial plan uh, will will change over time and it's important that that dialogue continues to occur with the investor and their investment advisor Lindsay, did you want to comment more specifically? Yeah, I think that really uh, gives a good overview to what they're looking at. And, and out of this senior strategy, I think there was a real consensus that seniors aren't a homogeneous group and that the needs of, uh, of an investor at 65 may be different from an investor at 85. And that it's really more around making sure firms communicate clearly with clients, explain risks, um, of various kinds of investments and make sure that what they're doing is appropriate for that, for that particular client and to have policies and procedures in place that, that Katie has, has talked about. And I think there's also a recognition that seniors, you know, their financial lives are becoming more complex. And their incomes are coming from different sources, more of which are investments and employment rather than government. Uh, and that seniors are generally better educated and more engaged in their communities. And uh, and that financial advisors should understand how the aging process impacts financial decision making. Um, and that firms uh, sh- should really become more aware of how to identify. Uh, issues connected to senior investors whether it's around communication whether it's around um, identifying diminished capacity or financial um, financial exploitation and, uh, and and I think that's really more their focus rather than specific investment mandates or trying to set investment policy
0: a lot of this of course is is predicated on the fact that we're all living longer and so therefore um, uh, people are around longer need access Access to their money, want to see their money both protected and grow if at all possible. Uh, and that um, uh, where life used to end at, you know, late 60s, or early 70s, um, there are people now living to be 100 and that's not really unusual.
1: No, I can tell you for sure <laughs> that's not unusual. We have uh, three clients who are turning 100 this year. So, you know, I do think that what the regulators and financial firms also want to be focused on is making sure that seniors have a secure financial life um, and that they are taking steps to make sure that they don't outlive their money, which is a real fear that was identified in part of the research leading to, leading to this strategy. And so understanding how older investment, older investors make decisions and, and how, how that changes over time is really important.
0: Meanwhile, Albertans who own property in British Columbia continue to watch what the provincial government is doing with respect to the new vacancy tax in certain specific communities. A new survey by Royal LePage paints a bleak picture of some of the consequences of this move. I spoke with Royal LePage's Chief Executive Officer, Phil Soper. I think I recognize why the government has done what it has done, but the fact remains that it has identified certain areas where this tax is going to be put into place. It has indicated that there are other areas of the province that, at least at this time, will not be covered by the tax increase. And it is the uncertainty over this that I think probably your realtors and perhaps many people who could be property owners in British Columbia are looking at and saying, "Do I really want to buy a property in the shoe swap, even if it's not affected by the tax increase right now?"
2: You raise a really good point. Uh, since the announcement of the of the the new taxes, they've already been changed once. We should also not forget that it was just a short while ago that the first. Foreign investor tax was introduced in British Columbia, and that tax has already been raised or proposed to be raised. So within you know less than two years, uh, that tax rate went up. So I see taxes as something of a, a fishhook, easy in, very difficult to remove. They're, they they don't disappear uh, after they're they're put in place, and they rarely go anywhere but up.
0: And, and you worry that the province uh, will will pay a price for this before further corrections are made.
2: Well, yes, the, the study,
0: interestingly
2: enough, uh, because the study did include some provisions aimed at uh, foreign investors, Americans predominantly, but also uh, people from offshore who would be investing improperly in, in, uh, in, in British Columbia. Yet, uh, the respondents said, Number one, 44.8% of the advisors stated that the new housing policies will impact British Columbians most. Secondly was Alberta, slightly behind that. Only 11% of the, of the advisors uh, felt that it would be foreign investors that would be uh, principally impacted by these uh, by this uh, new tax tax regime.
0: If I'm an Albertan considering investing in a cottage property or a recreational property in British Columbia, obviously I have to look at the areas where the tax t- will be a- applied and decide whether or not the desirability of that location is something that i am prepared to accept uh, and the additional cost uh, comes along with that acceptance uh, but i guess the other question that that i would have Uh, revolves around principal residency. We have had people from this province who have taken over a recreational property in the shoe swap or in the radium area, as an example, uh, and they have said, um, I'm going to spend more and more of my year here, and ultimately, I may declare this as my principal residence. And one wonders if people will continue to do that um, depending upon what it's going to cost them uh, with the tax department.
2: Yeah, you know, most of the, ta- the new taxes, new taxes that have been introduced have been, have been focused on people who are uh, investing in secondary homes, eh, predominantly recreational homes, but potentially secondary home that you use for business, for example, in Kelowna. If you are making it a principal residence, that's a, that's a different decision and this suite of taxes. It doesn't directly impact you. But I think if you look at the rationale behind the responses to this study, which say that British Columbians will be the most impacted, that's where you come come to the, the real impact of such a major policy change. When a significant number of your properties in a region are sold to people from out of province, and we know, particularly in, in the interior of British Columbia and eastern British Columbia, you know, places like... Bernie or Invermere, that it is predominantly Albertans that are investing in those provinces. Uh, cities like Calgary and Edmonton are much closer than any big population center in uh, British Columbia to those areas. If they decide to leave because there's a punitive tax that's been put in place clearly saying this is a disincentive, we'd prefer that you not... not uh, follow the previous path you were on, which is to uh, buy property. We're trying to incent you not to, or a disincentive. And they decide to invest elsewhere, in Montana or somewhere in um, in Alberta itself. Property values could fall, and tourist-based revenues uh, could fall. It could hurt municipal tax revenue in the area, and then the services provided to long-term Uh, residents would have to be spread over fewer people, and municipal taxes might go up. So there's the problem with these kinds of uh, changes, uh, and similar to foreign buyer tax that was introduced uh, in 2016, is they have impacts far beyond... What the target was.
0: Whether you are in one of the areas where this vacancy tax is being applied, how your property is held as a personal asset or in a trust, and what could happen to its value as a result of this additional tax, if it applies to you, are all questions to be asked of your financial advisor. If you don't have an answer, you may wish to contact the folks at McMillan Estate Planning, or you should plan to take in one of their upcoming seminars. More on that in a moment on the Strong Room on 770. CHQR